Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode. If you have not already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And secondly, I recently launched the Move the Ball merchandise store. I did some initial merch last year and have been getting a lot of people reaching out, asking when I was going to get more merch up and set up a store. So I'm happy to share that it is up and there is a link in the show notes. So go check that out and rock that you are a part of the movement. And if you do pick up some gear, Thank you so much. All right. For today's episode, Inside the Huddle with us and ready to share his insights, his experience, and help us to move the ball is Mark Collins. Mark, how are you? Jen, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking and thanks for having me. Yes, welcome to the show. I'm glad that you're here with us today. We saw each other earlier this year doing Super Bowl weekend out in LA at an NFL Legends event where we first talked about having you on the podcast. So I'm glad to have you here with us inside the huddle. So let me just share a little bit about your background for our listeners. Mark is a retired NFL cornerback who was drafted in the second round of the 1986 NFL draft by the New York Giants, where he won two Super Bowls. During his NFL career, Mark played in 168 games for four teams, the Giants, the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Seahawks. And during his extensive career, he, in addition to those two Super Bowl victories, he racked up 753 tackles, 27 career interceptions, eight sacks, and two touchdowns. Mark, again, so glad to have you with us today. Sure, sure. Good to be here. So, Mark, first off, you were drafted in the 1986 draft, as I mentioned, and you won multiple Super Bowls, including one in your rookie year, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But who won the Super Bowl a few months before you were drafted? Chicago, the Bears. That's right, the Bears. And I'm from Chicago, so that's our Super Bowl. So I hang on to it. You know what? I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. (laughs) I knew it. I said, oh, Chicago. That's cool, but they haven't done nothing since. I know. So keep going. I, <laughs> but I just had to bring it up, something, and it's on my mind. I was thinking about it, getting ready for the show, because I also do LinkedIn Live videos every Wednesday and Friday. And today I did one with Des Clark, tight end, who played with the Bears for many, many years. So Chicago Bears football is kind of in the back of my head today. So I figure I'd mention that on today's show. But yeah, hopefully we'll see what the Bears can do this next season. <laughs> So anyway, I've got that out of my system Okay, (laughs) for now. Anyway, so Mark, you played college ball at Cal State Fullerton. Something that I know you don't know about me and many of my listeners probably don't know also is that I went to school right down the road at Cal State Long Beach. So I'm also a product of the Cal State system, got two engineering bachelor degrees there. So go Titans, go beach. Unfortunately, neither of them have college football teams anymore. I know. Oh, It's sad to see. It's sad too. Yeah, since we're talking about football and Super Bowls and you guys ended up beating out the Denver Broncos that first Super Bowl, someone who started 
at Cal State Long Beach was Terrell Davis. And then he obviously went on to win some Super Bowls with the Broncos. So that's like the one person that I have from beach football. I mean, it, it wasn't there when I got there, but that's the guy that I remember that was part of Cal State Long Beach's football team way back when. <laughs> So I ask people this question all the time. I want to ask it to you as well. I've been a student of the game since I was four years old. And I wrote a lot about strategies and lessons that football taught me in my book, Move the Ball, which is what sparked this whole Move the Ball movement. What are some of the things that you've taken away from the game that you think are important to be successful in business and anything you do in life and outside of the hard work, the dedication, everybody talks about those things. What are some of the other lessons that you've taken away? Well, I mean, the game itself is a small microcosm of life. And you take a lot from, well, I've, I've taken from football, just teamwork kind of aspect. You can't do it all by yourself. You got to lean on somebody to help you. You got to rely on some people to help you. You got to be accountable and vice versa. They got to be accountable to you to make things work. That is so important in sports. It's unfortunately, a lot of people don't see that way in life, but it, it works in life as well. And it works in business. So that's something that I've learned, not just in sports. Football, I played three sports in high school, football, baseball, and basketball. But I really learned that aspect at home and in school. <laughs> you know, If I'm struggling in a situation at home, I'm going to lean on my brother, my mother and father. When I'm in school, if I can't solve a problem, I'm going to go get help. That helped in sports. For sure. So... We recently had the NFL draft and you were drafted in the second round. The draft is somewhat different today than it was then. What was your draft experience like and then transitioning into the league? Well, the draft now is it's a big show. When my draft class, we had 12 rounds. Before then, they had like 20 rounds. And then they shrunk it down to six rounds. Uh, now it's a big show. And the biggest difference is the draft is made for TV. There's some fantastic players coming out getting drafted don't get me wrong but i think the nfl and the draft itself is getting caught up in analytics they're really heavily on how fast you are and they're making the combine a made for tv event and if you can't match the film with what your speed then they gotta match but i digress it's a big difference and the biggest difference is you know it's made for tv and that's basically it and after you got drafted, walk us through, I mean, you find out that you're going to be drafted to the Giants. As you were tra transitioning over that summer and getting ready to play professional football, what was that experience like for you? Getting drafted by the Giants was awesome because they had a good team. And when I got drafted, I, I celebrated for a while and went back to staying in shape, which I'm always in shape. That is my job. So when I got drafted and that became my job, I didn't play any more pickup basketball games. No softball games, stop water skiing, snow skiing, stopped all that stuff because this was my job. This is what I got paid for, and a lot of money to get paid to do. So in college, it's a little different because college, you're 19, 20, 21. When the season's over, you have fun, you go drink a beer, or whatever, play basketball, or whatever, but it is a career. It is a job. You got to invest in it. And what I mean by invest in it, cut out all the stupid crap and focus on your livelihood. That became my livelihood. Absolutely. Now, Mark, I'm glad that you mentioned that you were focused on how this was a job for you because I feel like nowadays, most kids get that. Most of these young men understand that this is a job. I need to focus on this. It's not just, yeah, I'm playing professional football and this is super cool, but it's what you're doing for the time being. And it 
is not going to last forever. So you need to be serious about your profession, not goofing off, not doing these other sports, not putting yourself at risk of injury from playing other sports or doing other activities. When you look back at your peers as you got drafted, do you think a lot of them were focused on just, I just want to play football or were they treating it serious? Like it was just their profession and their job and they needed to act like a professional. Well, that was a couple of guys. And I don't want to mention names, but a lot of the guys were doing off the field activities that probably stopped them from having a long NFL career. We had a guy on our team. He was a first round pick. I had to grab him, you know, say, listen, this is your job. You do what you want to do, but I'm giving you a little advice. You got to stay out of New York city doing commercials and this and that, because that is really stopping you from doing something that we need you to do here on the team. And I was an elder statesman, and I, I felt I had the right to do that because what that person is a great player, and I just felt he wasn't really applying himself to his craft. So I felt it was right for me to do. I tried to tell this young man that thing, and he didn't get it. So I think he lasted three or four years in the league. He bounced around. But anyway, a lot of the guys back then understood it, I think. Sure. So let's talk about your rookie season and the road to winning that first Super Bowl. What was it like the first time that you suited up in a regular season game with the Giants? How did that feel for you? Oh, I felt great. I'll tell you, when I went to training camp, I focused on my craft. When I went to training camp at Pace University in 1986, my mindset was, I'm here to take somebody's job. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to take somebody's job. So when I did that, once I put that practice uniform on, first preseason game, I set that goal and I achieved that goal, that was it. And once I put that uniform on, the rest was history. And it was a great feeling playing for a team like the Giants, one of the blue bloods of the NFL. It was awesome. It was fantastic. And as you know, it's very hard to get to the league, for one. It's harder to stay in the league. You've got so many people that are trying to take your spot. Just like you wanted to take a spot and then secure that spot, there's other people behind you that want your spot. And so you played in the league for a very long time, way longer than the average NFL career. What were some of the things that you were doing to ensure your longevity in the league? Oh, like I said before, all the stupid stuff, water skin and stuff like that, and pick up basketball, baseball games, stopped all that stuff. And I worked out a lot. I've stayed in shape. I never did a drug in my life. That's it. See, I tell people I survived 13 years. I survived 13 drafts and five years of free agency. That's a lot because every year someone's trying to take your spot, do whatever. Sometimes Inside of your hand, sometimes a coach may not like you. Sometimes a lot of variables come to play. That's a lot to survive. So I took it seriously to a point because when I played from that August going to training camp until maybe December, January, we didn't make the playoffs. When my season was over, I rested. I didn't work out all year round. I rest. I was very serious about it when I went to camp and when the season was, was over. And when I let it go during the offseason, I let it go. And I mentioned earlier, we just had the draft. There's a lot of young men that are transitioning into the league. Now, aside from the cutting out the stupid crap, treating this like a business and being a professional focused on your craft, are there any other things that you would share? Any pieces of advice that you would give to these young men as they're looking to transition? And I know your son, Mark Jr., also is looking to transition into the league. So what advice would you give to those young men? Well, same as I give to my son. Trust yourself. Don't trust too many people. Keep Friends list real, real tight. Just be smart. Enjoy the game. Embrace it. And if you do the right things, it could be very good to you. See, now, with all the other revenue streams that you have, 
got to be smart with it. Great advice. So going back to the road to the Super Bowl, your rookie year, talk to us about the Super Bowl playing. It was played at the Rose Bowl, January of 1987. And you guys ended up playing the Denver Broncos, as I mentioned. What was that experience like being a rookie going to the Super Bowl? Well, it's fantastic because come from a smaller school, not USC, Notre Dame, Nebraska, back in those days, Cal State Fullerton. Going to New York, fantastic. I think it did pretty well. And then the weird part is we had a great team, and then we go to Pasadena in the Super Bowl, and we win. I'm happy as all get out because you go, what, Super Bowl first year? My mindset was, man, this could happen every year, but it does. You know how to end work, any sports work. Doesn't happen that way. <laughs> so that was kind of wild. And you had some great guys on that team with you, Bart Oates, Pepper Johnson. Pepper was actually on the show. He was our kickoff episode for season three this year. Great to have him on. When you look at guys like that, what about them made them special? What about that team made them just an elite team? Any championship team, especially the ones that I've been on, we have that brotherhood. Number one, you got a brotherhood by being in the NFL. So if I'm in a golf tournament, I say Jerry Rice or Joe Montana, whoever. We walk, we hug it out, we talk. That's what we do. That brotherhood is, is strong. And then you have the brotherhood of winning a championship. And that's the forever. As a matter of fact, funny you mentioned Pepper and these guys. We all group text each other. We still stay in contact. But that's the brotherhood that we have. Parcells said it perfectly. He goes, you know, you're connected for life. You know, nobody can ever take it away from you. And we rely on each other. We text each other. We make a call. We check and see how each other's doing. It's good. It's really good. And what was it like playing for Bill Parcells? We didn't talk too much, me and him, to be honest with you. And it didn't bother me one bit. And I got a call from a number that I didn't recognize. And they went right to voicemail. This was about four months ago. And I'm about to go work out. And it was Bill Parcells. Now, mind you, we never talked. And the message was, I'll keep the message to myself. And I called him back and maybe a 15 minute conversation. What he said, just call us how you're doing. I just want you to know, I never let you know how great of a player you were. So, wow. And we let the conversation go. It was a wild conversation. But back to your question, Parcells, I thought it was a fantastic coach. Let's talk about your transition. What did you do when it was time to hang up those football cleats? What did you do afterwards? Up to getting, I was going to retire, going to our 1999 season. I was going to my 14th year, and I like I love playing golf, love drinking beer, I love smoking cigars, and especially during the off season, early in the off season. I live in Southern California, but uh, leading up to that, I I usually cut off at a certain point and get ready for the season. This particular, going to the 1999 season, I didn't do that. I kept staying at it. And people going, man, are you going to play this year? Yeah, I'm all right. And I go to camp. And this is when Mike Holmgren just took over from Green Bay. So I go and I, I do the testing and pass my physical testing, conditioning test. And then after the first practice in Seattle, Cheney, Washington, at our summer facilities. And I just wasn't feeling it after the first practice. Was saying yes to a point where my body was going, no, nah, you know what? Let's do something else. <laughs> In between practices, I walked to Mike Holmgren's office. I said, Mike, I think I'm done. He goes, What? Oh, you can plus, no, nah, I, I, 
I said, I'm not feeling it, Coach. I, mean, I knew that to a point going when I flew up from Southern Cal to Washington. I knew I was at least 60% not checked in to the season. But I thought that 40 would overtake that 60 and get me ready. After the first practice, I said, nah, I'm not going to do it. And Mike said, Mark, if you need something, let me know. So once I left football, I was done. Went to Sports Talk Radio starting uh, late, well, really 2000. Did some radio in 2003 for Sky Sports in London. Went over there a couple of times and it was great. Once I shut it off from, from the physical part, I went on to that part and I moved on with other things. And how was that experience like for you transitioning from football? Because some guys, they're prepared, they're ready to go. For many guys, they're not thinking about life after sports until afterwards. And so was that an easy transition for you or did you kind of stumble for a little bit as you were making this move? It was easy because I let my mind go there, you know, instead of trying to rehash what I did. So I, I didn't mind doing radio and TV. I'm a communications major. I can talk. I know how to explain stuff. I can do it. That's what I do. So that was no problem. Then after a while, once the invention of the internet, stations and radio stations, mostly TV stations, they wanted more viewerships instead of quality work and went with a, another different aspect. I won't get into it, but I moved on to doing financial services. I worked with Genworth Financial. I helped start um, a couple of other startup companies, that kind of stuff. I had my own sporting goods stores, fast food restaurants. So I was okay doing all this stuff. So. And so what are you focused on now? What's keeping you busy on the day-to-day? Well, right now, I own a sports recruiting service called 2-5 Sports. And what we do is give student athletes a platform where they can send their information to a school that fits their criteria. It may be academics. It may be logistics. It may be whatever. They fit. And they can send them any word they want. And it works out pretty well. I do a lot of charity work. I do a lot of golf events. I do a lot for charity. But then too, I do a lot of stuff that's I get paid as well. Because as I told, I say a lot, I'm for profit as well. I got to eat as well. So I do a lot of stuff. Keeps me busy. My kids keep me busy. I have a son who's going through the process of trying to find a team because he wasn't drafted. So he's trying to find a team that will bring him in. Uh, my other son, Marco, is at Coffeeville Community College in Kansas. He's going to his sophomore year. He's another good player, defensive back. And my three daughters, I have a daughter in Southern California. She's married. She has two sons. I'm a granddad twice. Her and her husband here. And my daughter, I have two daughters, one 25, and the other's 19. And I love my mat. It's fun. Well, it's great. And I look forward to seeing both Mark and Marco's journeys as they continue on playing football and transitioning to being a professional football player. So, Mark, what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions to end the show. Are you ready? Oh, sure. Okay. The first question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be an actor. I thought I could perform and do crazy stuff because I was a kid. I would have been that. Interesting. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Accountable, reliable, and dependable. Those are good three words. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I play saxophone. You currently play? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Very nice. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would it be? Oh, I would probably say Beatbox by Art of Noise, the Art of Noise. Okay. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I don't do podcasts, but there is a book that's called More Than a Game 
that was written by a guy named Mark Collins that is a fantastic read that not only did I write it, <laughs> I'm still reading it. Perfect. Yes, everyone go check out your book, Mark. All right. Awesome. My last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Oh, do you know what? I don't like that question because dinner is going to be too short. But if I were to rephrase it, if I was going on a long car ride from California, Southern Cal to New York, I with Martin Luther King, I would love to ride with, I don't know, maybe Phil Collins. I want to ride with him. I ride with Boney James. I like Boney James has a sad style that I like and I really can't replicate. I want to try to pick their brains. That's all that stuff. Love Phil Collins. Plays the drum. Talk to him. Love talking to Martin Luther King about the struggles that we and we are still going through to a point. Just stuff like that. That'd be a fun ride. I like how you rephrase the question to be a longer conversation. So I do this two minute drill on every single season, every single episode, but every season I change the question. So maybe for next season, I'm going to actually change it to a longer car ride. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, Mark, one more question. Do you sing in the shower? Oh, no, I do not sing in the shower. I think it's silly to sing in the shower. (laughs) Okay. So as we look to close the show, let people know where can they follow you? Give us the website for your organization as well. Well, my organization is 25sports, the number 2, F-I-V-E sports.com. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Mark Collins, Instagram, Twitter. It's at 25sports, at the number 2, F-I-V-E sports. I'm around, always follow back. I enjoy a great time. And that's it. Perfect. We'll have your social links in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Jen, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And thanks again to everyone for listening. If you liked today's episode, please share it with someone else or two or three who you think would find the show to be of value. That's one way that you can help me to move the ball. And also, if you have not yet already done so, be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss future episodes. And while you're there, leave us a review too. All right. Thank you again for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.